The real estate market is booming. Whether you look in the suburbs or the city, Chicago continues to expand, creating incredible opportunities for those in the know. We'll connect with Chicago's real estate moguls to bring you the wisdom and expertise to help make your next real estate move a lucrative one on the Real Estate Moguls Podcast. How you guys doing? I'm Tony Arce. Welcome to the Real Estate Moguls Podcast. Today, I'm joined by RJ DeLeon, managing partner and owner of EJC Partners and NVR Capital. RJ, thank you for being here, brother. Thanks for having me. We've made uh, quite the connection. It seems that uh, real estate's kind of the last thing we talk about, huh? <laughs> yeah, it always seems to be the last thing we talk about. No, but uh, that's how life is, and that's what I love about this, that you could be in real estate, you know, but we're still human beings, and we still connect on those things that make us human before anything else. So. <laughs> yes. But, but let's get started on how you got into real estate in the real estate space, because it's not something that, uh, you know, you did right after college, right? No, not at all. Um, my first job out of college was in accounting. And it was actually for a real estate company. So I worked for Golubin Company as a commercial real estate accountant. So okay. the, the way that I really dived in, uh, dove deep into the path of real estate investing, though, was my wife. Oh, and no way. Yeah. Uh, every single podcast I've been on, you know, it, it's she was the reason that I am in real estate and is really the driving force of why we're so successful today as well. So I, I asked the wrong person to be on the podcast? No, <laughs> you did. I you did. I won't only these. We'll have her on there as well. So yeah. It's a must. It's a must. But no, what, uh, so tell me about how, you know, in terms of what you're doing now, I mean, you have a lot of sure. uh, companies, right, and doing a lot of different things, hands in a lot of different pots. Specifically when it comes to real estate, just so people are clear, what is it that you do? Um, yeah, and how have you been successful in it? Sure. So my main revenue driver right now is I own a construction company, which is EJC Partners. So EJC Partners was really um, out of necessity for the real estate investing. But if you ask my wife and I what we do now, um, we really just want to help other people become successful, other people that want to start their journey we really want to help them along the way. So one of the best things about real estate that we found is majority of the people are very open and honest about how they created the systems, the processes, the companies that they have. You know, there's no, there's real, really no secret. It's just mm -hmm. all hard work. And a lot of people don't want to do the hard work. What is that? We, I mean, so you're out there helping people um, now in terms of, is it at, like the process? Is it really taking care of those things that from a construction standpoint that they'll need? You know, walk me through sure. what working with you guys looks like. So actually, um, we don't, other than partnering, we don't work with people per se. Gotcha. It's more mentoring, consulting, coaching people into how to get into the industry. So we do that by hosting the Chicago Multifamily uh, multi Meetup Club, which now we have about 3,700 members, um, probably a lot larger than that because we have a meetup, uh, meetup.com and Facebook. If you go on Facebook, our numbers are only about 3,700, but we have you know a large email list of people that don't uh, converge to Facebook as well. Gotcha, gotcha. 
And what's the biggest thing you've learned through all of this? I mean, it's, it, obviously you've been <clears throat> successful yourself that you're helping sure. others, but you know, one of the things that we had talked about was again, just it, you're learning a lot that sure. doesn't have to do with real estate also, right? Yeah. So uh, the one thing that I've learned, and I shared this with you before the podcast, is really understanding your why. You know, whenever people create goals, it's always around monetary values. Yeah. It's around uh, unit counts. It's these very physical things that don't really take into account your own happiness. Um, so that's really what I've learned inadvertently through helping a lot of others and consulting, mentoring people throughout the journey, but also in my own journey with the podcast, with the books, with the mindset training that I've been, um, I've been involved in very deeply now for, I'd say, very deep six months, but that's really what started me down the real estate path is because I read this book, Mindset, by Carol Dweck, and uh, it changed my mentality and my thinking from a fixed mindset to a growth mindset and being able to understand and identify when I'm leaning more towards one or the other. Interesting. And you, you gave an example of someone who, when you asked them their why, it was about yeah. <clears throat> wanting to play more basketball. And, yeah. But it's this thing of, well, if you're going down this journey of believing your happiness at the end of the journey, yeah. then you're going to get there and, and you're going to be disappointed. Tell yeah. me a little bit about that approach to mindset that you teach others. Sure. So um, this really came from, I just got done with the mindset training, a think and grow rich training with oh. Carl Moose. And one of the topics that we were debating was what is success, right? So the it was amazing to hear that success isn't a destination. It's a journey. And I started thinking that into my own uh, anecdotal experiences and talking with the different people that I'm trying to mentor and also seminars I've been in. And it's always about what's your why? Let's dive deeper, not your unit count, not your monetary value. Why are you doing this? And, you know, when we, <clears throat> when we really boil down what we're all doing this for, it's typically happiness, time, being able to spend more time with family, uh, not worrying about financial free, uh, like finances, you know, just everything that will allow you to become happy. So when I'm talking to new people that I'm mentoring, I say, well, why are you doing this? And we dive deeper, dive deeper. So this gentleman had said, you know, I'm really doing this to be happy. And I said, what's your happiness? He said, playing basketball and helping others. And I just looked at him and I said, hey, you know, we could go <laughs> we could go play basketball right now. There's a basketball court right there. And, you know, you can help people every single day, regardless of where you think you are in the ladders to success, you can always help people. So that that message and the reason I say that is because as we're chasing the journey of success, that's not destination. It's a journey. People tend to not ever take a step back, not ever think about why they're actually doing it and creating their own happiness and their own mental health and checking in with themselves to say, hey, I've done so much and really just... Um, just uh just being happy with what you have absolutely right 
So attitude of gratitude. Attitude and gratitude, exactly. And and part of that too, and I think you made it, and we're seeing this, right? But the instant gratification of of, of chasing the monetary dream is, right. is how you had put it. And you know, part of that is that the instant gratification part is something we're seeing in everyday culture, whether it be through social media or just being able to yep. watch your favorite movie, or your show. It's like it's everything's on demand. Order something on Amazon, it's there for you, right? Right. And we somehow think that, or I see a lot of this where people. And I found, you know, found, found myself guilty of this as well, but that the minute you decide something that somehow everything has to conspire to give you that, right? The, the universe has to conspire once you've made right. a choice. But then you go out there and realize it's not always that way, right? It's not just desire isn't enough. What do you feel is the biggest thing that investors have to overcome in this instant gratification approach to life that we seem to take yeah. on uh, from a consumer standpoint? Right. Um, we had discussed it. It's the fact that everything's obtainable, but everything takes hard work. Everything takes time. And there's that whole saying that, um, you know, the overnight success, when, when it's an overnight success, it's really 10 years, 20 years in culmination. It's every single small little individual step that got you to that milestone. And sure, there's going to be instances where, you know, there was one factor that excelled you quickly. However, it was the, the mindset, the goal, the journey, creating plans, what you did individually every single day, because nobody just falls into being a billionaire. Hmm. And that seems to be what people are expect. In exactly. A, in a sense, right. Exactly. And for you personally, one of the things that you mentioned was just how um, what you consume yourself now with and what you're reading and, and just and digesting more yeah. than anything else is self-help or, you know, that, that personal development. Yeah. When did you begin that particular journey for yourself <laughs> and what was the, the cause for it? Right. Cause you, you from the outside looking in, arguably, you know, you're very successful in doing all those things that these entrepreneurs, these uh, investors are looking to have in their life. Sure. But here you are saying, you know, I have that yet. I'm on this personal development journey as well. Yeah. Um, it actually really just started with that book, uh, with, wow. with that book by Carol Dweck. And I got that book from a podcast. I believe it was Rod Cleef, uh, podcast. I don't, I can't even tell you the guest. I wish I could <laughs> because I would call him up and thank him. Um, but apart from that, uh, it was really just sort of how it was brought up as well. Just because we develop a lot of habits, good and bad, from the way that we're up that we were brought up in our upraising, so it is one of those things where um, my mother, in particular, would always say, "It's okay, you know, we're it's okay. This is just a point in time. It's okay. We could get another one of those. It's okay. Don't worry about what they're thinking." Um, which you know, I never would think that had such a direct impact with how I go through life today, but it's really the the base. And books like Mindset, Miracle Morning, Atomic Habits, all these different books and personal journeys of other people and self-attainment has really just shaped um, how I move forward uh, every day with with my life. Wow. And, and do you find yourself coaching people more so on that now when it comes to the, the people that approach you to, in, 
looking for investment advice? You end yes. up having more of the mindset conversation. A hundred, a hundred percent. And I warned you, this is, this is so funny because before we came in the podcast booth, I said, well, I hope we don't talk much real estate or I, I made some comment yeah, like yeah. that. I said, you know, we're, we're probably not going to talk a lot of real estate. <laughs> well, and how do you balance that? Cause on one end, you know, your, your, your philosophy is that money's not everything. Sure. Right. But the things that you're you're doing involve money, and and, and obviously there's a chance to gain that. How do you balance that, or how, you know, what what can you communicate on regards in regards to that? That money isn't everything. Yet here you are doing these things, but understanding that that this mindset of it. Yeah, just talk to me a little bit about that, about sure. how you balance th- those two worlds. Oh man, trying to unpack <laughs> this is actually pretty difficult. However, I could say that. Um, that there's always a yin to the yang, and uh, my yin to my to me being the yang is my wife. So I was always brought up also thinking monetarily the cars, the clothes, the houses, um, the possessions are what create happiness. That's how it, I always perceive happiness to be. However, my wife was raised very differently, and she was raised with family time, with togetherness, with closeness, with relationships are really what creates a, a dynamic family um, environment, a great family environment. So this is one of those things where I'm going to have to say, like, my wife, Nikki, is really the reason that I'm so balanced and really the reason that, you know, we're so successful. Um because we are opposites. We're opposites in business, in organization, in life. Um, the, the only thing, well, not the only thing, we, we, we have a lot of things in common, but you know, we, we really came together when it came to um, wanting to create a, a terrific family dynamic, wanting to not have to worry about finances, not worry about having a job the rest of our lives and wanting to spend time and create uh, a great family. Wow, that's amazing. And what's the biggest thing you had to overcome to adapt <clears throat> to that for you personally? I mean, here you are saying you grew up thinking that it was having yeah. these things, right? Was it easy to let that go? Was that was that a struggle? It's Well, just like anything, it's hard work and it's going to continue to be a struggle. So I'm, can, you know, it's an everyday battle. It's a journey, right? So I don't think I'll ever overcome it. I just think that each individual instance, that thing, there has to be due diligence analysis about what we're really trying to purchase, what we're trying to do. Is it um, helping our goals? Is it hurting our goals? Where do we want to be in the future? Like right now, we have a pretty big transition, and we're we're going back and forth with some very large purchases that we're going to be making. And so it's really just walking through and talking through how that helps or where you are at financially and where you want to be. So Absolutely. it's all hard work. So just, <laughs> just so you know, guys know, there's a lot of due diligence, a lot of homework, a lot of mistakes that are made behind the scenes. Um, so, But people always see the, the good stuff, right? They, they only see the butterflies, the roses. But I want to let you guys know that it's always hard work. It's a consistent battle. It's a uphill journey, and uh, success is not destination. Absolutely, so. absolutely. 
talk a little about the community that you've built along the way with the, the sure. 3,700, uh, you know, investors looking to meet up on a regular basis. And, sure. You know, what, what, what does that look like? What do you guys talk about? And, and what's the draw for those people? So the draw, well, I'll start with the last thing. The draw for those people is it's uh, always education, never a sales pitch. So we, we found a lot that you would go to these seminars or you'd go to these conferences and these meetups and all these people would do would set you up to buy a mindset course to, you know, be part of the mastermind or do this and do that. So we really found a need for free education to let people know that you're not alone in the journey to create a support system without having to you know, monetarily pay for that. Yeah. Um, you know, and I'm not against that because I think there's high value in that as well. Uh, however, starting out, we started this community. It's John Kasman, uh, G. Kasman, his wife, uh, my wife, Nikki, and myself that have hosted this for about five years. Oh, wow. Um, when we started, I did not have... I. I may have had a property, may have had one property or so, and and John hadn't done any syndications. So it was just by chance and serendipity that um, we, you know, were part of starting this meetup club, and we've seen such large success after the fact. Wow. And I, I think a lot of it had to do with the community, the selflessness, and always want to better ourselves with the integrity that we're here to help other people because it's all relationships. And how often do you guys meet and how has it evolved uh, from <clears throat> when you first started to now? Sure. Beyond the size of it. Of course. <laughs> yeah. we, we meet every third Monday of the month, uh, 6 p.m. Right now we're ho hosting it at Chief O'Neill's off Elston. Um, but it has uh, evolved greatly. We used to meet twice a month. There used to be no value. It was only networking. Um, we have changed locations multiple different times, formats multiple different times. And then even instances like COVID, you know, COVID happened. We had to start meeting on Zoom. We lost a lot of our audience, a lot of our momentum. Wow. Um, but I, I got to tell you guys, again, with the hard work stuff, um, there were a couple of meetups where it was just uh, the five of uh, like five people sitting around the table just looking at each other like really we can talk about now wow and uh i i remember in part was this early on or even at like post-pandemic uh it was like um i don't know i'd say a year in or so okay okay so we're still trying to figure it out um and i remember one january i believe there was eight of us and it was a new place and we had nothing to talk about it was so awkward uh, but, you know, we still held the, held the meetup. We still stayed consistent. But instead of going back and doing the same things over and over again, we really start to reflect internally and say, hey, what do we have to do to make sure people are getting more involved and in getting the, the value out of this? How do we make sure that our original goal and intention is being uh, obtained? So... That led to uh, a couple different format changes. We stopped meeting twice a month. We started meeting once a month. We started getting more consistent with the time, the place. 
um, and then bringing on speakers, but moderating the speakers in a podcast style interview. Yeah, because we I I don't know if you guys have been there, but there's always been those those meetups where somebody is you know going through a slideshow for and like, just speaking to and just reading to you. Speak, yeah, exactly, and you're just like. You're itching to get out of there to or to talk to the person next to you, and so. And so, in terms of the content itself, if, if people wanted to participate or you know, go to one of these things, what uh, okay. what does that look like, and what, what kind of topics are you guys talking about? Sure. So, um, this next topic actually, we have uh, the the uh, president of the NBOA, Mike Glasser. He's going to go speak about the neighborhood building. Owners Alliance that really fights for landlord rights because if you're investing in Chicago, you know that we're a very tenant-friendly city. Mm. So, and then there's things on the docket like rent control and things that are uh, threatening the vitality of our industry. Wow. Um, so, when you're a newbie investor, those are things that you don't really think about. You don't really know about those things until you get more heavily involved in the in the industry. So Mike Glasser is going to be there talk about what the NBOA does, and I'm not sure if Jeff's going to be there. I think it's Jeff Weinberg's his last name, I believe, and he's the president of the NSBC, which is uh, the Northwest Side Builders Coalition. I believe. And these are all just groups that you could be a part of that, again, create a community and fight for the rights of the industry. Um, because pol politics are always going to be a part of any business. And what, again, what newbie investors don't understand is there's a lot of nuances and a lot of um, legislation that really threaten Again, the vitality of our industry. Absolutely. No, and there's always that. And, and people need to be you know, unified in that as well. Yeah, uh, exactly. Not only to understand it, but to, to make an impact. So yep. kudos to you for doing that. Now, if people want to find out more, follow you, support you, how can they do that? Um, Facebook. So we have a group, uh, Chicago Multifamily Club. Um, and then we're also on meetup.com. You could, you could also follow me. I'm a huge advocate of Facebook. A lot of people tell me I'm too old. I need to create an Instagram, TikTok, yada, yada. But you could just follow me on uh, Facebook, RJ DeLeon. Awesome. So, Well, brother, yeah. I appreciate you coming in, sharing your wisdom and, you know, the mindset of things that is so important. That yeah. I'm excited to continue the conversation. But for now, uh, you know, thank you for coming in. Yeah, I really appreciate it. And I had a lot of fun here today. So I hope I see you a lot more.